Welcome to the Amity Bible Church with our pastor, Dr. Les Smith. Our vision is to become the church that Christ intended it to be, to know God and to make Him known as our mission. And we are committed to loving God, serving others, and are unashamedly obsessed with sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you can always get the message online, YouTube, Facebook, and our podcast that's air on all major podcast platforms. Make sure you like and subscribe to all three. The sermon series this month is the Matchless Word of God. Today, Dr. Smith discusses the reasons to study the Word of God. We're in Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. Follow along in your Bibles or your Bible app, and let's listen as Dr. Smith explains. Uh, Last week, Pastor Martin shared with us an incredible message that the Bible is God's Word. In fact, it is God's inspired Word. The term literally means God breathed. God caused men to write exactly what he intended, but he did it through their own personalities and through their own skills. When you read Paul the Apostle, you see the vagaries of Paul the Apostle. When you read John or when you read Matthew, you see the same thing. God used their personalities. God superintended the writing of Scripture, including the words and the punctuation. That is why Jesus said that not even a jot or a tittle. Now, when you're thinking jots and tittles, you're talking about the curve on the letter. And God is saying, not any of my word. He says, the world will pass away before my word will pass away. So those of you who are trying to duck the word, I'm going to recommend that you rethink that because nothing of God's word is going to pass away. Paul said to Timothy, there will time, the times will come when men will not endure sound doctrine. In fact, they will gather together for themselves teachers to scratch their itching ears. So you never know what you're going to hear when you go to church. So you need to pick carefully. You you need to know who's talking to you. And then Paul told Timothy to remember where he came from. You remember when Mufasa uh, told uh, Simba, "You, you have forgotten who you are. Some of you came up in Bible thumping Bible-believing, Bible-reading families. My question is, are you still reading your Bible? Do you still? Paul wanted Timothy to remember he learned these sacred writings from his grandmother and that those writings would sustain him not only in this life but in the life to come. So what do we want to do this morning? I want to share with you an incredible conversation that God had with a man named Joshua. And if we pay close attention to what God had to say to Joshua, we will come away with some very good reasons why we should stay in the Word, why we should study Scripture. So let's set the background. Joshua is the new leader And he is charged with the responsibility of finishing the job that Moses started. All of the adults that came out of Egypt are dead. 
with the exception of Joshua and Caleb. Think about that. God caused the nation of Israel to circle in the wilderness for 40 years. And all the time, people were dying. And when God had completely exhausted the time for every adult that came out of the wilderness, then he brought them to the east side of the Jordan to wait to cross the river. Now, you also have to understand that just like young folks in Amity, many of them don't know God, and they don't particularly care to know God. God wants the nation to complete the job that Moses started 40 years earlier. And so the book begins with a conversation that God has with Joshua. And so if you still have your Bibles, we're going to work through this passage verse by verse. Starting with Joshua chapter 1, I'm going to reread verses 1 and 2. It says, Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Quite a statement. Quite a statement. God's first words to Joshua must have resounded in his ears like a thunderclap. God was saying to Joshua, take a minute and let this sink in. God spoke directly to Joshua. He did not use euphemisms. He did not say Moses has passed. He did not say Moses has transitioned. He didn't say that Moses has gone home to be with the Lord. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. He spoke this plain truth. He was saying to Moses, to Joshua, things will never go back to being the way they used to be. Now, this may be the most difficult thing that we face when someone we love dies. Coming to grips with the death of a loved one or even the death of a dream can produce depression. When we experience great loss, depression is common. But depression begins to lift as soon as we are able to accept that we are going to have to embrace a new normal. I understand that you want to hold on to the memories. I understand that you want to continue to grieve. But God was reminding Joshua that he was facing a new normal. But the good news is that many of the blessings of the old normal follow us into the new normal. In the old normal, God was good. In the new normal, God is still good. 
In the old normal, God was a promise keeper. In the new normal, God still keeps his promises. He just needed Joshua to stop looking back and start looking forward. So if I were to give you a summary statement for the message today, it would be this. The Bible is the word of God, and there are practical reasons why we should study its truths each day of our lives. That's what we are trying to communicate to you. The Bible is God's word, and we should commit to studying it every single day of our lives. So, one of the first good reasons that we should study the Bible comes from this particular text. Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, we read it. It says, Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, cross this Jordan, you and this people, to the land which I'm giving to them, to the sons of Israel. What's the first thing that I want you to know? I'm going to come as close as I can to the dots because I want you to hear this. The man of God may die, but nothing of God dies. Did you hear what I said? The man of God may die, but nothing of God dies. God's word and God's program stand as a testimony not to the skill of a man, but to the greatness of God. That is why we go on. God used Saul as the first king of Israel. When he disobeyed, God replaced him. And he put in David. And God's program didn't skip a beat. David died. And God replaced him with Solomon. And God's program didn't skip a beat. Solomon died and was replaced by his son Rehoboam, but God's program did not skip a beat. What am I trying to say to you, Amity? God can use anybody. We serve for a season. Our season of service ends, and God replaces us with a different man of his choosing. Now, why am I telling you all this? Because very soon... My season at Amity as senior pastor will end, but the work of Amity Amen. will not end. Amen. We are not a cult of personality. We are the church of Jesus Christ, and God has already chosen another to continue the work. It's not about us. I got to run on to get to my first point. So you have to understand that God's program is people-sensitive, but it's not people-dependent. You know, I scare myself sometimes. God's program is people-sensitive, but not people-dependent. What are you saying, Pastor? You're saying that God can work with who he has. He can work with rocks and stone. Didn't he say, if you don't 
If you don't acknowledge me, if you don't praise me, the rocks will cry out. So, so we, we delude ourselves into thinking that God needs us. God doesn't need us, but he will use us. And, and I think that you have to keep that in mind because God is working. I am so excited about what God has given me in terms of my ability to be uh, here with you at Amity. I love every one of you. I'm not going to stop loving you. I'm just going to love you from a little further away. <laughs> God is in the blessing business. Okay, so now the second point I want to make is we study the Bible because it reveals to us that God always keeps his promises. Listen to Joshua chapter 1. Verses three and four, he says, every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you just as I spoke to Moses. From the wilderness of this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea, toward the setting of the sun will be your territory. God made a promise to Abraham. What, what was the promise to Abraham? He said, Abraham, I guess his name at the time was Abram. Okay, God changed his name to Abraham. He said, Abram, he says, I want you to leave your family. I want you to leave your home. I want you to leave all of these people, and I want you to go to a place that I'm not going to show you till you get there. Okay, so already, already I'm struggling. Okay, because, you know, I'm going to take a long trip. I'm going to take everybody with me. I can't imagine packing up Glenna and everybody else, and we're going to jump in the car. Now, where are we going? Just go. Just get in your car and go. That's what God was telling. He's, he, but he promised him three things. A land, a seed, and a blessing. He, he said, he said your, your seed will be so numerous that it would be like the sands on the seashore. And he says, through your family, every nation on the earth would be blessed. And if you study God's word, you will find that God keeps his promises. Why? Because a, from, a promise from God is a statement that we can rely upon. And he has been speaking these promises for as long as we have existed and longer. You remember everybody's favorite verse, Jeremiah 29, 11. You can recite it. Uh, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a future and a hope. Now, very quietly now. Boom, shakalaka, Okay, can't go real loud. God is saying, I have something for you. And I'm going to give it to you. But I cannot tell you that you will not have some roadblocks in getting there. He says, I'm telling you about the plans. Oh, but I need to come back and tell you you're going to spend 70 years in prison. You're going, to, you're going to be mistreated. You are going to be denied your liberty. You're going to be taken advantage of for 70 years. But he says, when the 70 years are accomplished, I'm going to bring you out. See, but some of us can't stay in prison. <laughs> you know, we, we don't want the stripes. But the fact is, sometimes God has to put us in prison 
in order to show us how free we really are. You see, the problem is that we think that it's the body that's bound. It's your mind. One of the things that he says, whom the Lord sets free, whom the Son sets free, is free indeed. Okay, let me, let me cue y'all into something. Stop watching so much television news. These people don't know nothing. They don't know a thing. They don't know that Jesus is on his way back. They don't know that one day he's going to strike the sky and every, the scripture says, and every eye will see him. And then I can hear the commentators. Well, you know, it looks like the conservative Christians were actually correct and that Jesus Christ is going to come back and he's been noticed in Jerusalem. He's actually come down and put one of his feet on the temple mount and one of them... Film at 11. You have to understand. These are just talking heads. They don't know. So if you want to get the good news, read your book. Deuteronomy 31, 6. Says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or tremble at them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Or read Philippians. You're worried about the prices going up and gas and jobs. Read Philippians 4, 19. And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ. That's why you ought to study the Bible. But the problem is that we, we have a dilemma. You've seen this before, I'm sure. But I'm going to show it to you again. You have a dilemma. I hope you can all see this. This is just water with a little bit of food color. Okay, and what I had in there was just plain vegetable oil. You know the oil that you use to fry your chicken and whatnot. Okay, so let's just give this a good shake. Okay, so we'll give it a couple of minutes, and while we talk, one of the challenges that we have is that so many of us doubt what God has said. Do you remember? That was Eve's problem. When the, Satan, when the serpent came, his whole goal was to get her to doubt God's word and to cast questions on his character. Eve was convinced that God's word was true until the adversary came in and gave her a different alternative. The adversary wants to give you a different alternative. But when we, if we had enough time, as you can see it gathering at the bottom, this is oil and water. And so what you can figure out is that the oil is like your faith and the water is your unbelief. Faith and unbelief do not mix. They do not go together. Either you have faith or you doubt. And James says a man who doubts is like a, wind, like a, a leaf blowing in the breeze. 
you're going to have to make up your mind. I'm going to sit this here, and before we're done, we'll take a look at the results of that. Now, number three, we study the Bible because it assures us of God's presence. Verses five and nine. It says, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. If you are a widow or a widower, would you raise your hand? Okay, I see a hand here. I see a hand here. I see a hand here. Okay, you know, one of the things that you never really appreciate is you know how you get older and you don't necessarily sit around hugging and, and you know, chatting each other up? But just knowing that that person is in the house somewhere is enough to give you comfort and encouragement because if you call them, they will come. That is what Moses had with God. And God was saying, I will be the same with Joshua. Listen to Exodus 33, verses 12 through 16. This is Moses and his conversation with God. Then Moses said to the Lord, he's getting ready to lead the people out of Egypt. He says, see, you say to me, bring up this people, but you yourself have not let me know whom you will send with me. Moses is saying, you're giving me this big job, but you haven't told me who my ride or die is. You haven't told me who's going to help me carry this load. He says, moreover, you have said, I have known you by name, and you also have found favor in my sight. He says, therefore, I pray you, you have found favor in my, let me know your ways that I may know you so that I may find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. You know, you hear Moses having this conversation with him. He says, now, nah, these are not my people. You know, it's, it's almost like a pastor, you know, and he's talking to God about the congregation. These are your people. <laughs> and Moses is saying, these are your people. You're giving them to me. You want me to, to take them out. He says, consider that this nation is your people. And then God said, my presence shall go with you, and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not lead us up from here. For how then can it be known that I found favor? I and your people, is it not your going with us? You know, this was a great conversation because Moses is saying to God, how am I going to do this job that you've given me because I'm by myself? God says, you're not by yourself. He says, I'm going to be with you every step of the way. I wish that people of God appreciated that God will not leave you or forsake you, even if it feels like you are not going to be able to make another step. Okay, why is it such, a, why is it such an issue? It's such an issue because we live in our feelings. You know, I don't feel, I don't feel God. 
I'm going to tell you that God's most present when you don't feel him. You, you have to understand that God, if you have the, the Holy Spirit, God lives in you. You can't go anywhere without God being with you. The only problem is that you have your mind on so many other things. You, we're, we're, already getting, we're already getting to Thanksgiving, and so you're worried about the turkey. Okay? The turkey has more problems than you do. Can you imagine all those turkeys running around and then the, the guys just walking and looking at them? Hmm, hmm, that one, you know, that one. God, somebody say amen up in here. Say, say thank you, God, that you did not make me a turkey. John 15, 4 through 5 says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. One of the things that, that, that you ought to experience once is gardening where you graft plants see what you can do is you can take healthy rootstock and then you can take a plant of the same species that has qualities that you like maybe maybe it's a tree that bears more fruit but it can't handle the winters and so what you can do is you can graft that good plant into the rootstock how many of you realize that that's what God did for us? Okay. How many of you realize that, that, that Israel is the root stock? And, 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 and he sent Jesus to, to bless Israel, but Israel said, I'm not ready. I'm not ready for Jesus. So Jesus said, okay, you hold on. Okay, I have some, I have some, some Heinz 57s that I'm going to bring in here. So he went out and got all of us. And then he just engrafted us in. But remember, he's not done with Israel. Okay, he's going to reach back and bring in a remnant of the vine. We need to give God praise. God is a very present help. All we have to do is call on his name. So my final point is this. We study the Bible because it reveals to us God's precepts. Look at verses 6 through 9. Be strong and courageous, for you give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not tremble or be dismayed. Three times he told Joshua, be strong and courageous. Psalm 37, 23 tells us the steps 
of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Philippians 6.10 tells us, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Stand firm, therefore, having belted your waist with truth, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. You need God's precepts. David said, I look, if, if you want uh, a real blessing, read Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is the longest uh, book in the Bible, but it's incredible because it speaks strictly to God's word. But see, the problem is you're going to hear God's word and you are going to go out and you may not be changed at all. And so I want to share with you a story that will help you put all of this in perspective. There were four hunters, and they loved going to Alaska to hunt elk. And so they went to, um, to Alaska on this trip. A plane flew them in, left them there, and then the plane was going to come back and pick them up. And then they went out and hunted for a week. Then the plane came back, and the men had shot six elk, six. And so the pilot says, okay, we're going to have to leave two. You should give them to the native people uh, because they will have them for food, but the weight won't allow us to carry all six. And then the guy said, we carried all six last year. Why can't we carry all six this year? So the pilot reluctantly agreed, and they loaded the six elk onto the plane. The plane starts to take off. It barely leaves the ground, clears the trees, and then it crashes. And so the guys are talking to each other, and they're saying, um, do you know where you are? And one of them said, no, but it looks like the same place that we crashed last year. <laughs> they had six elk the year before. They crashed the year before. And so now they should have experience, but more than that, they should have a lesson. Don't go do this. But unfortunately, we look into God's word and we see nothing. We should see ourselves. We should see our condition. We should see. That's one of the reasons we don't study God's word because God's word is a mirror. It's a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. But the problem is that we neglect it. We need, to, we need to follow our children. The children say, read your Bible, pray every day, and you grow, grow, grow. It says, neglect your Bible, forget to pray, and you shrink, shrink, shrink. That's children. If children know that we need God's precepts, you would think that the people of God... You need to ask yourself, how much time do I spend in my Bible? 
if the Bible is God's word, okay, make a comparison. Compare your Bible time to your screen time. Compare your Bible time to your Facebook time, to your Instagram time, to your TikTok time. You have to understand that we make choices and that if we actually thought that the Bible nourished us, if we actually thought that the Bible built us up, if we actually thought that the, a man, a young man could keep his way pure by keeping it according to his word, we would eat it up. But it's Netflix and it's, it's Hulu and, you know, and Boo Boo and Juju. God's word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And you ought to be diving into the deep end of the pool. And don't just always read it devotionally. You know, I know you like, you read our calling, but our, our calling is a snack. Yeah, our calling is good, but it's, it's Bible snack, okay? Well, you, you, don't, you don't go to Mama June's and, and, and just order hors d'oeuvres. You want some greens, you want some cornbread, you want some pork chops, you want, oh, oh, you want a meal. Sit down. I dare you. I sit down, I dare you, and read God's Word. It will bless you. It'll change your life. I'm through. I'm through. I, I, I wish. So, see, part of the problem that we have is this. It, we, it used to be the case. You know, I, I, didn't, I didn't care much for um, some of the churches we had in our neighborhood. We, I used to giggle because they stay in church all day. They take food. They don't even go home. And then they, they, they do church all morning, then they eat, then they come back 3 o'clock, and then they don't break up till night. And, 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 but you know what? The kids didn't have a minute of screen time while they were at church. And they were getting something that could potentially, even if it just rub off on you, you know, even if it just, okay. And, and the other thing is that parents, I'm through, parents didn't take no stuff. And they, they didn't have to have no stick. You know, it was the eyes, you know. It, okay. That would scare you so much, you didn't, wouldn't even want to go home. And especially if it's, if, if it's Miss Willie Mae, she's not even your mama. And if Miss Willie Mae looking at you, and she's, I'm going to tell your mama. Okay, you're dead then. You're, you're dead. God's word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We had an awesome time in the Lord, and we pray that you did as well, and want to thank you for visiting the Amity Bible Church. If you're in need of prayer, counsel, or if we can assist in any way, please don't hesitate to ask. If you would like to join, contact us, or receive these and other sermon notes, visit us at amitybc.org 
Until next week, we hope to see you then. Be blessed.